Hello everyone, this is Levi Gelb from the Chassidish Parsha, and you're listening to the new podcast, Chassidus, which is an explanation in English of Sefer HaMaymarim Tafrish Samaches from the Rebbe Rashab, each episode containing an explanation of one page from that Sefer with the goal to finish the entire Sefer. And at the beginning of every episode, we'll also have a synopsis of the previous episode. You'll also notice in the description for that day's episode, there'll be a short synopsis in English, and also there'll be a link there to become a monthly supporter to make this show possible. Um, please tap the link in that description or visit anchor.fm slash to become a monthly supporter. Thank you very much for listening, and I hope you enjoy. synopsis of the previous episode, Amud Yudtes, page 19. We spoke about that, a proof from the Zohar, that the main idea of the sweetening of the severities of Bina of Atzilis is through, specifically through the revelation of Chachma, within to that, within to Bina, and that's hinted to in the word Reishas with an Aleph, whereas without an Aleph it's just Bina, and because there can, and there can come judgments from that, um, more extreme judgments and severities. And then we said that the, this is the same idea. So the sweetening of severities comes from Chachma. And the Kesser shines within Chachma. And this is the main idea of the drawing down of the voice within of Hashem's simple, uh, undefined, unlimited voice within His speech of creation. That, so this the, that the voice is, uh, connotes, signifies the unlimited revelation of Hashem, and the, which brings about... And the speech is, is, signifies how Hashem's this unlimited revelation takes on form, limitation, and creates limited worlds. So, and the idea of the of the drawing down of the voice within the speech is that there should be a revelation of godliness within the world, that the world should have the ability to nullify itself back to its source. And what is the intermediary between this? We said before in the Mimer is the letter Aleph. Aleph is the intermediary between the speech, the simple speech, and the defined, the simple voice and the defined speech. That in order that the unlimited revelation of Hashem should go within the world, you need to have the Aleph, which is which is the words Pele, which refers to Pele, which means the wonder, the supernal wondrous revelation of Hashem, which transcends all worlds, which refers to Keser. And what is the idea of Keser within Malchus, within the speech of creation? That's the desire, the pleasure Hashem has within creation. I mean, the pleasure that Hashem gets from the nullification of the creations back, of the separate creations that feel themselves separate, Nevertheless, they nullify themselves back to their source, like the like the king that gets pleasure when he sees all his so many people have their own lives, but they, yet they all follow the king's orders. And this is what we say: the beginning of Hashem's will to create the worlds to be king. There was a a, a um, chakika, a engraving within that will. Which what does that mean? The engraving that even though in his essence he doesn't really care about what the creation does because he's so sublime, so transcended above all creation. Creation doesn't matter at all to him. Nevertheless, he decided to care about the, the divine service of the creations and their nullification of themselves to take pleasure within that. And that's the idea of this engraving he made within himself, a decision to care about creation. And this is what it means, Medacious, at the beginning of the year, it was it's written without an olive because on Rosh Hashanah, Hashem's divine pleasure that he gets within from creations, from the divine service of creations, is removed. And that's why it's the specifically the inner as the innerness, the inner aspect of the divine energy is removed, and that's relating to this divine pleasure within creation. You have to draw it down again from the source, and that is through the blowing of the shofar. The shofar draws down from the inner core essence of Hashem, 
and we brought a proof from the verse of that, and then we brought another proof from the from the Zayar that the Shreifer, that Shreifer relates to this inner essence of the Chokhmah and even of Atik, drawing that down, the inner essence of Keser. And that is why Shreifer's letters Shin Vav Peiresh, Shin Vav relates to the, the severities, the, fe- the masculine severities, Peiresh relates to the, the feminine severities. And you draw and you and you sweetened all these severities through, like it says in the other verse, Havaya Adnai B'Shefer Yiska through the Vaya Adnai, which is the Gematria of Shefer. If you switch it through the letter, through the the idea of Atbash, so you draw down through the Shefer the the sweetened severities, and that is specifically through the Aleph, which is the divine pleasure Hashem gets in creation. Now, when you can understand that it says This is the Day, the day of Rosh Hashanah, this is the day, the beginning of your works, remembrance of the first day. Seemingly, it's not the beginning. The beginning was as on the 25th of Elul, and what does it mean, the begin, the remembrance of the first day? So, 25th of Elul is really relating to the aspect of creation, which is just concealment to allow the worlds to feel themselves separate. The divine attribute of just of judgment, of severities, how they are in the simple sense, just contracting the energy. And then Rosh Hashanah relates to the, the idea of the sweetening of those severities, the revelation of godliness within the world. So this is what we're saying. This is the day, the day of creation of, of the first man who draws down godliness through his divine service into this world is the beginning of your works, meaning is the ultimate purpose of creation and it's a remembrance for the first day, meaning for the day that the idea of the first, the Rishon, which is the letter Aleph, how it is by itself, Keser, the inner essence of Keser is going to be revealed. So we do that on Rosh Hashanah through blowing the Shafer, we draw down from the inner essence just that now it's not revealed, it's concealed, it's a hidden way and when Mashiach comes, it's going to be in a revealed way. Starting at the top of page three lines from the top. Now we return to what we said at the beginning of this mimer, that the the main idea of the returning of face to face, of inner essence to inner essence, of our inner essence to Hashem's inner essence, is through the blowing of Shefer and Rosh Hashanah. They said that on the night of Rosh Hashanah, the energy of the, the God, the energy that enlivens the world's the inner aspect of that energy, which he said is the pleasure, the divine pleasure that Hashem has within creation, uh, is removed and goes back to its source. And through the blowing of the shofar, we draw that down. We draw down a new energy from the source of all of all divine pleasure. So now we go back to that. This is the idea of the returning of face to face of inner essence of our inner essence of Hashem's inner essence. That is brought about through the blowing of the shayfra. That the I, that the screaming and the blowing, the sound of the shayfra is this is an expression of the screaming of the heart, which we explained before. Meaning the blowing of the shayfra in the physical sense is a spiritual, is an expression of what's happening spiritually, what should be happening spiritually on Rosh Hashanah, which is this special service of the tzayka salev of the screaming of the heart, a person feels so um, bad, or feels so distant from Hashem, that he <coughs> he can't even express that feeling, because it touches such a deep level of his soul, the essence of his soul, the Yechida, he can't express that even in the cry of just a simple voice, a scream, but rather it's just a, a very quiet, a very quiet noise, that, he's, that he because he, he cannot express it, in, for sure not in words, and not even in a scream, just a simple quiet Sound is heard, so that's the idea of the shayfar is the, the simple cry expressing the, the cry from the essence of the soul. 
And this is what we said before that from the from my constraints I call out to Hashem, from the feeling of being distant from Hashem, from the feeling the the pain that a person has that he is far from Hashem and far from his true essence. Like we explained before, that Hashem is the true essence of the person because the person has a the piece of God inside of him, and Hashem Hashem really is his true essence. So it pains him so much that he's far from his true essence. And that's why it expresses itself in this simple cry, the quiet cry from the heart, which is the physical expression of that as the blowing of the shofar. The commentaries of Barliu. I explained before the meaning the cry that stems from the inner core, the inner essence of the very point, the inner point of a person's soul. And we draw down through this from above also the inner core, inner essence of Hashem. This is the idea of the Nesira of Rosh Hashanah. The Nesira being the cutting, which refers to how in, how in Adam and Chava were created, they were created together, and then on Rosh Hashanah they were, so to say, their bodies were, were cut apart from each other, split apart, so that you had in the beginning, the, there's an opinion that says that Adam and Chava were created, uh, Adam was created with two faces, the, front, the face of him and then the face of Chava, and the Sira is cutting them apart. So this happened on Rosh Hashanah. What does this idea spiritually mean? The beginning of creation, Zah, which is the Mides of Atzilus, which relates to the, the masculine aspect of, of godliness, uh, masculine in the sense that the it's the giver, and the feminine aspect nukva, uh, which is malchus of atzilus, relates to the feminine aspect because it's the receiver from that from that energy that the the midas of atzilus give down to it. So in the beginning of creation, za and nukva, which we said, which are expression, the spiritual source of man and woman, Adam and Chava, they were acher ba'acher, they were back to back, like we just said. That the, the beginning of creation, Adam had was back to back. In front of his was his face, and the back was the face of Chava. Uh, as explained in the Eitzchayim, um, uh, the reason for this, why they were created originally back to back. So similarly happens uh, every every year on Rosh Hashanah. Everything goes back to uh, how it was in the beginning. Of creation, therefore, Za and Nukva, the Midis of Atilas, the Malchus of Atilas, are back to back, meaning it's all relating to the Achiraim, to the Chitzenius, our whole relationship with Hashem on Rosh Hashanah is all with just the more external levels of godliness contracted rate. And that's how, because it, it goes back to how it was in the beginning of creation. And through blowing the Shefer, we bring about this idea of the nasira of the separating between the um, the feminine and masculine aspects of atzilus, like you said before. And what does that mean? Shehu inyan achzadas padim upon Now, instead of being back to back, we're making so that zah midas atzilus of malchus atzilus should turn back face to face. So, what does this mean? All mean spiritually and more practically. The Rebbe Shab goes on to explain a bira inyanu. To explain this, the hinek siv vayavdil likim bein ha'oyer bein bein ha'cheshech that it says that Hashem, um, the Hashem separated between the light and between the darkness. Vish b'zeb b'medrashav b'breishis perik parsha gimel 
base pedushim. And in the in the Medrashabo, there's two explanations of what this means that Hashem separated from dark light and darkness. But Peter Sha'alev, who the, the first explanation is Shavdilu that Hashem separated the, the light from the darkness, meaning He separated the light to Himself, and He separated the light also for the righteous. So, <coughs> that's the one explanation in the Medrash. What does it mean? Similarly, it doesn't make sense. What does it mean that He separated it out to Himself? The fact that Hashem separated the light for the righteous... Meaning he, as a reward for their righteous deeds, he gives them that special, special spiritual light that makes sense. What does it mean that Hashem separated the light to himself? Does, he, does Hashem need light? Obviously Hashem is so above all these ideas and he created all these ideas. So he doesn't need these, doesn't need the idea of light. <coughs> so what does it mean that Hashem separated the light to himself? Hashem, but it's the Hashem created the the light was created from Hashem through His statement, um, in His statement in creation, let there be light. So, if He created it, obviously He doesn't need it. It's not something that He needs. He 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 can create it Himself. who the explanation is So we're gonna go on a longer explanation now. What's this whole idea of oyr of light that Hashem separated to Himself? The deeper concept of light. So it's n- it's known the explanation when we say about Hashem, we call Hashem Eid Ein Saif, the light, the infinite light of Hashem, the unlimited light of Hashem. Why do we choose the specific wording here that we call it the the light of Hashem and not the Shefa of Hashem? Shefa is like an influx of energy, a flow of energy. And instead, we 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 term the the idea of Hashem's energy. We call it light. <clears throat> the reason why we choose specifically the idea of light is to show that the energy of Hashem, the divine energy which which flows from Hashem, does not bring about any change or any effect within the source of that energy, within Hashem Himself. Unlike the idea of Shefa, of this influx or flow of something that does bring about a change and an effect within the mashpia, which within the person that is giving over that that influx or that flow, and now he gives an example. Anything that that causes something to move is also also moves. When he's moving something, he himself is moving. A person with his hand moves an object. That is the he's causing the movement of the object, but the hand is also moving at the same time. And so too it is with when a person is the mashpia, when a person is giving over something, so he himself is being affected by that which he's giving over. Like for example, when a, when a, a teacher is giving over an intellectual concept, there's a change that's happening within the teacher through giving over this concept. That through him, what is the change that's happening? Through him giving over this intellectual concept and teaching it, he is actually gaining more under insight into the actual concept. And, it's, and the, what it says actually here is that light is added within the teacher. And he gets more insight into the concept. Like it says in the Gemara that that I learned a lot from from my friends, from my teachers, but from my students, I learned more than any from more than everybody. I learned so much more from from teaching my te- my students. 
שאין זה דווקא על ידי שהתלמיד מקשה מעליו, and this is not even specifically through the fact that, this, that the student is asking good questions and sharpening the teacher's mind, and that's a, a, a type of student called the, a student who makes his, his teacher wiser by his smart questions, rather we're just, just even through the fact that the teacher is teaching, he's giving over an intellectual concept, that itself is adding insight he gets, he gains more insight into the concept himself. Itself. And why is this that just through, even just through teaching, without even the student being a smart student who sharpens his mind, just through the actual, the, the just the, the teaching itself, without any interaction from the student, the teaching itself is what's adding more insight to the teacher, because the idea of because when you're giving over the concept, it's not something; ha- it's not happening automatically. Uh, there is not like an automatic flow of this intellectual concept from the teacher, um, from his, the teacher's, so to say, the the light of the teacher, like the sun. When the sun shines, it's an automatic thing. It's not something that the sun has to work to make itself shine. It's something which is ingrained into it, into its very nature, that it is a shiny object and it shines automatically. So the teacher, it's not happening like that. When, he, when the teacher's teaching, he's flow, the, the, the flow of that intellectual concept which he's giving over is not happening automatically. Ki'im, like the automatic nature of the light from the sun. Rather, it comes through uh, preparation from the teacher. How he's going to, how and what specifically is he going to teach what is he going to give over to the to the student that it should be understood to the student to the to the receiver of the concept? You have to think how is he going to give it over and what what type of explanations, what type of analogies, and what specifically from this concept can he bring out, and what levels of the concept can he teach? Therefore, any intellectual concept that a person needs to give over to somebody else, he has to first look into it and, and delve into it properly. To, in, in himself, to prepare it, to make it ready, to find the how he's going to give it over to the to the receiver, to the student. Even though he already knows the concept well himself, nevertheless, in order to be able to give it over to the student, to the other person, he has to really look into it properly himself, um, to to think what levels of this concept are are relevant, are able to be given over to the student. To think how I'm going to explain it, in what letters, what what specific words I'm going to use, what uh, language, of ex- what what type of language can I get it over to the student? To think what what type of student is this, and depending on that, I'm going to be able to explain it in his oisius, in his letters, you know, relating to him more. So you have to really think about the concept, even though you understood it until now. But you have to think about it again before you give it over to the to the student in order to give it over in a way where he's going to understand it. And then specifically when you look into the concept deeper yourself, you're under, you'll understand how and how to give it over to the to the student and what specifically to give over. As it's known that there's differences in sages in the wise people. There is a type of um, a smart person that he any type of intellectual concept he has the ability to give it over to the student to a person. But yes, and there's another type of smart person 
even though he is smart, he understands the concept very well himself. Nevertheless, he, he, he lacks the ability to give it over properly to the other person. So it's a whole other skill of giving it over to the other person. Besides the skill of just understanding, being smart and being able to understand the intellectual concept deep to yourself, there's a whole other level of being able to give it over to somebody else. And that requires a proper preparation. The Tama who what's the reason that there's these differences in the wise people and, and their ability to give it over to somebody else? In order to give a concept over to another person, it's necessary that you change the, the intellectual concept, how you understand it to, to yourself, how you understand it yourself. That that very same intellectual concept, that he, how, the, how the teacher understands it, the student cannot, cannot understand it in the same way the teacher understands it, with the same depth and the same breadth and the same level. You cannot, you cannot give that over to the student. The student's on a lot lower level. You have to change the concept. You have to modify it and bring it over to the student in a way where he'll be, under, be able to understand it. And that is only, you can only do that. You can only modify the concept and bring it down to the student only when you really understand the concept in a very depth very deep way. Then, since you got the whole, the essential point of the concept, you can express it in different ways and change it according to how you want it, how to bring it over to the student. And this is the reason why he's able to give it over, because you know that he knows the concept very deeply himself, and therefore he's able to give it over to the student. Another smart person, wise person, that doesn't know the idea very well himself, will not be able to change the concept and modify it to bring it over to the level of the student. Now, going back to what we were saying earlier, that being that this idea of of the influx or a flow, which over here we're giving an example of this giving over this intellectual concept, any idea of hashpav, shefa, is always through a preparation within the mashpia, within the person that's giving over this canal. What's the preparation? That in order to give over the, the intellectual concept, you first have to really delve into it in a deep way and understand it to its very depth yourself. Therefore, it's added special insight into the concept, into the teacher himself, because... In order to give it over, he himself has to delve into it in a deeper way. He's deepening his understanding of it, even though he really got it until now. But now, since he has to give it over to the to the student in a different way and to change it and modify it, that means he's going to have to really get it to the very core of the concept so he'll be able to extrapolate from that core and express it in the specific letters the way that the, the student will understand it. And similarly, it is in the general idea of giving over a certain shefa flow or influx. Even if you're not, even if you don't have to delve deeply into the idea, or that the that when he does delve into the idea in order to give it over to the student, he still doesn't feel like he was added anything, any insight into the concept. We call makim just the general idea of giving over something. Through just giving over this idea, being that giving over this, whatever he's transferring over this concept, 
comes through Islabshus, meaning he's enclosing into this idea. He's enmeshed into it. That he's totally into this idea, enmeshed in it, and he's, his whole being is grasped by this, by this idea, is taken by this idea when he's giving it over. So automatically, there's a, a, a special light that's added to him in this, in, through this. That he did not have until now. Even if he doesn't get more of an understanding in the concept, but he'll get more of a chayis, more of a excitement, more of a passion. He has to teach it. He he starts to he starts to feel it a lot more. Even if he doesn't get more intellectually intellectual insight into the insight into the concept, but because he has to be totally invested in the concept when he's doing it, so he's going to get more connected to it, and he's going to get more excited about the concept. So seemingly, now according to what we've just explained, there's a special superiority in, in the idea of ashpa, of giving over something, giving over a certain, uh, like we're saying, the analogy here of a concept, but any type of ashpa, of giving over, of an influx of something. That the fact, and what's the special superiority in this, that a person is totally invested in it and grasp taken by this by this concept by the whatever he's giving over and through this that he's totally invested in it he gets a special energy more energy into the into the concept in general more excitement or more understanding but seemingly there is um this idea that he has to that the the teacher has to sort of say lower himself, has to enmesh himself, invest himself into this concept in a way where he's going to try and make it understood to this lower student, this is actually a dissent and a deficiency for the teacher. So, because, but according to what we were saying before, there's a special, there's a special, a special superiority, a special unique quality in this idea of hashpa that um, that when you have when you have to give over something, give over the, like the intellectual concept, you can either be added in the insight to the concept or in your excitement about the concept. But at the same time, this doesn't make sense because when this teacher is having to do this, has having to think about giving it over to the student who is in a lot lower level than him, he is actually lowering himself. He's lowering the way that he understands it to himself, and he is, and, and he's really getting down into the mind of the student, and that's actually a yirida, that's a descent. And a deficiency to, in, compar- in comparison to the level of the teacher himself. And um, we'll get to the answer to that uh, next episode or at the top of Chaf Aleph 21, two lines from the top. Thank you everybody for listening to the new podcast, Chsidis. This is Levi Gelb. And if anyone has any questions or any thoughts or feedback, please feel free to email me at rabbigelb at gmail.com. Also, please check out my website, chassidisonline.org, and sign up for our weekly email to receive a Maimur Mavur explanation on a Maimur from Teirer Lukute Teira almost every week. And there you'll also find a, an archive for all our other, our older Maimarim that we've already explained on the weekly Parsha on the Yom Tevim. And also you'll notice in the description for this week's episode and for every week's episode a little link to become a monthly supporter, a partner in this uh, for this podcast. Please consider doing that. It will help greatly 
to allow the episodes to continue and to make them better. And you can also dedicate an episode in honor of memory of something or of a simcha. And to do that, please email, email me at rabbigelb.gmail and we can mention that at the beginning and at the end of, every, of that episode. Thank you very much.